Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please make sure to take out your phone, open up the podcast app, go to Dear Founder, and please leave me a five-star rating or a review to let other people know. You have no idea how much that helps when people are looking for podcasts on entrepreneurship, female founders, and other business ventures. I would so, so, so appreciate it. So before I introduce you to today's amazing guest, I want to give you a little sneak peek about something I have coming up. Following my last workshop in March on marketing for small business, many of you told me that you wanted a program with more information and more how-to instruction, as well as more time with me from my next program. So I reworked the program, and I'm really excited to be launching a program that I call Big Impact Marketing for Small Business, May 24th. This 12-week program is a combination of weekly live trainings, the same trainings I do with my one-on-one clients, but with me in a group setting, and therefore a fraction of the price. But you'll also get three one-on-one coaching sessions with me during the 12 weeks. This is really a program that I designed to save you the five years that it took me to figure out how to grow my business to seven figures. You'll learn exactly not only what to do, but how to do it in order to catapult your business to new heights. You can click the link in my show notes for more information. I am limiting space in this first workshop um, just due to the fact that it's my first time offering it and I want to offer it to a small group. There are a couple of spaces left, so make sure that you check it out. Let me know if you have any questions. Feel free to DM me and also you can register. So Mara Smith, our guest today, practiced law at a huge law firm in Chicago and then moved to a Fortune 100 company where she worked in corporate strategy. Her professional days came to a halt when she was put on emergency bed rest while pregnant with twins. And I know a lot of moms out there can totally sympathize with this. They were born prematurely and she needed to be there for them. She was at home raising her three kids and Mara was always thinking about her next step. She always had dreamed about starting her own company. Mara believes that women can innovate in any industry, even as an outsider, if they are willing to put in the hard work and to do the research. It's no wonder that we get along so well. Mara started drinking tequila when she was looking for a gluten-free clean drink to fit into her healthier lifestyle. Well, she searched for a tequila brand that was additive-free with a look, taste, and aroma that appealed to her. She simply couldn't find it, so she created it herself. Inspiro Tequila was born with a vision to redefine what it means to enjoy tequila. It's crafted from 100% Blue Weber Agave and contains no additives. In addition to creating an amazing tequila, it was really important to her to bring a female perspective to the spirits industry by having women involved in every step of the process, from their legendary master distiller to, to the woman getting bottles on the shelves. 
Mara has some big announcements coming for Inspiro soon, so make sure that you stay tuned and check out her website and her Instagram for more, linked in the show notes. But for now, I want you to come on in and meet Mara Smith. All right, so today on the podcast, we have Mara Smith from Inspiro Tequila. And Mara is really the epitome of someone who left the corporate world and made a huge, huge, huge shift. Um, She was once a corporate lawyer. She was put on bed rest with her twins and she didn't go back to the corporate world. She dreamed about having her own company. And here we are today with a tequila company. So welcome to Dear Founder. It's so good to have you here. And I'm so excited to share your story. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I would love for you to kind of kick us off and tell our listeners how it is that you got to where you are today by founding a tequila brand. Yeah, it's actually, it's um, a lot of people who've known me for a long time in my life find it very, very funny um, that the, you know, I was the designated, designated driver who now has a tequila company Um, and (laughs) from, you know, accounting, uh, law and corporate strategy and, starting this. So a big, a big shift and a big transition for me. Um, well, I always knew that I wanted to start my own company and I'd been toying around different ideas. Um, I kept coming back to tequila because I became a tequila drinker many years ago. I've been gluten-free for over 10 years. So I was looking for a clean spirit to kind of fit into my healthier lifestyle. And, um, that drink came tequila. I started converting a lot of girlfriends into tequila drinkers. But there really were no brands that I felt spoke to me as a female consumer. So here I kept hearing all these women, I like tequila. That's my drink of choice. And the brands, you know, as far as like how they position themselves, were looking at tequila with cigars or using scantily clad women uh, to promote their brands, just things that didn't particularly resonate with me, um, as well as the bottle designs being super masculine, these stout round bottles. So nothing seemed to appeal to a female consumer. And I thought here is an industry that's kind of ripe for some innovation and another female perspective. Um, Because there were not very many women in the tequila industry or spirits in general, very underrepresented as in many industries. I thought, what if I could bring a female perspective and, and, and to have women involved in every part of the process from creating our taste profiles to getting bottles on the shelves. So I brought on a really legendary master tequila, Anna Maria Romero, who created our taste profiles. We really honed in on what we thought our consumer wanted by, by doing focus groups and surveys to understand their, you know, taste preferences, drinking occasions, um, and really just custom designed everything from the bottle to uh, handcrafting our tequila to appeal to a very kind of thoughtful consumer. I think people care about what they eat and drink and, and the companies they support. So how long was this process? Because, you know, you were home with your kids and your kids are, how your kids, you have college freshmen and then so, you have an elementary school age child. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, so you, they were in high school. Everyone was on e-learning pretty much when this all was going down. <laughs> And so I, and I want to point out, this was very recent. This was during the pandemic when this kind of kicked off. And 
how long did it take you to go from this idea to the actual conception of the tequila? It took about 18 months. So, which to me seemed like such a long time. And, and it's to so others, not. when they hear, wait, you had a product out to market in 18 months, it seems quick, but um, the number of hours that went into that is, is more than, you know, a typical day. So it seems about double the time. Um, but yeah, it took about 18 months. I formed my company in February, 2020, the world went, you know, haywire in March of 2020. And it basically just pedaled the metal all through COVID. What was it that got you to actually take the leap and start the company? You had the idea you wanted to do it. And what was it in February of 2020 that said, you know, you said to yourself, all right, now is the time. Well, I think a couple of things. I had been looking at another potential like consumer product and I really was enjoying the research part of it, trying to figure out who can manufacture it, you know, commands and um, getting information on the market size and things like that. It just wasn't a product that particularly resonated with me. and. I thought, okay, well, here's something that really does resonate with me. I love tequila. I see an opportunity here. And I was really enjoying that kind of all the research that was going into um, kind of what it would look like to start uh, a consumer product. So I think because I had already started that with something else, and I just transitioned it to tequila. Also, the start just seemed to align. Um, As I was talking about it, I got an introduction to a distillery in Mexico that someone knew and to some people here who started their own tequila company that I got to talk to. So things were just, the pieces were just falling together. And I'm like, okay, now, now is the time. And I think I was just really ready also. So take us back to prior to February, 2020, And, you know, your background is in corporate law and finance. And I mean, you were as corporate as they come before you had your children. So how did you know what to do? I think a lot of people listening and a lot of people out there have really great ideas for products, um, whether they're food and packaged goods or consumer packaged goods or, you know, inventions to make life easier. And a big hurdle and quite honestly, probably the biggest thing that stops many people from pursuing what they want to do is they just don't know where to start and they don't know how do you bring a product to market when you don't have that kind of background. Well, I am a firm believer in research and probably my legal background helped with this as well. Um, And just in general, I'm someone who researches like everything. new products, new ideas. I mean, I'm just, that's kind of what I like to do. Um, and to learn, I'm just, I guess I like to use that. I'm a, I like to be a learn it all, not a know it all. I really enjoy the learning process. And so this has been, you know, an extraordinary learning curve for me. Um, but I think it's really just preparing yourself and researching. And there are so many resources out there. Um, I mean, podcasts, I learn a ton. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to them double speed to get through as many podcasts as I can. Um, books. I read books on all the different areas. So to enter a new industry, right? I knew nothing about the spirits industry. I 
that was the first thing I tried to do is just learn about the industry. So I was reading all the books I could get my hands on about the production of tequila, who's in tequila, about the companies. Um, I then signed up for an online course that was provided by the CRT, which is the regulatory authority in Mexico. And I went through their whole course, like an intensive course to get certified in the history and production of tequila. I reached out to people coldly, you know, to get some guidance. So that was how I kind of learned the industry, um, webinars. I mean, I, I also had to learn like every other aspect. I have no background in, in marketing. So I have a very analytical background, you know, accounting, law, strategy, the whole marketing world was a huge unknown for me. I, I didn't even know how to use social media. I signed up for a course online to just learn how to even use Lightroom and Canva and things like that. So there are just, there are a lot of resources that are available to get your, get up to speed pretty quickly. And you just really have to take advantage of them. And, and there's just no way you can't get around putting in the time and effort. I mean, that's just essential. And then other than the knowledge that you, I, I mean, I, I will say this. One of the things that struck me about you when we first met was just you, you asked me a ton of questions the first time we met, which was on a Zoom. And I, and I thought it was amazing because it was very clear that you knew what you wanted and you knew, you knew you had to go out and get things if you didn't know what they were. And one of the things that I loved about your story that I want to make sure we share is and one of the things that struck me actually when we first talked was that you have a board. And I will tell you this, many brands who are five years down the road from you still don't have a board, but you have a board. And I would like for you to kind of go through uh, that process and how you set that up and what that means and what that has meant for your brand. Because I think that you have really set yourself up in a great position because of the people you've surrounded yourself with. Totally. Well, first, you know, you can do all the research you want, but you really can't do this alone. I mean, you can do a lot of it, but you need help. So my first step was really reaching out and finding communities. So I discovered there are amazing communities of such impressive, powerful women who want to collaborate and offer guidance. And that was really my first step is connecting with all these amazing communities of women. Then I thought, okay, I really need people who are dedicated to Inspiro Tequila as far as guiding me and offering feedback. So I thought I really need an advisory board. And because I'm bringing, you know, a female perspective and we have women involved in every step of the process, I thought to be genuine and to kind of really walk the talk, it had to be an all-female advisory board. So I hand-selected women from all different geographic locations with um, really with different skill sets so that, you know, I can they could help me and, and guide me and advise and advise me. So I have someone who worked, you know, on their own consumer product and in, in the beverage area and someone who's amazing at public speaking and started her own finance company and someone who's great at marketing. Um, I have someone new coming on the board who is 
a, a VC, which is just actually like amazing because when I hear about women um, VCs, I always find it just so incredible. It's just one of those industries where women really have not broken into it, you know, very much yet. And I love seeing these like powerhouse women who are, you know, managing directors of VCs. So that is, that's kind of what I did. I looked at geographic diversity. I looked at, um, you know, skill set diversity. And I'll tell you, I just reached out. I would go to one person who would interest me, someone else. And you can't be afraid to do that. LinkedIn is like my best friend. I will, you know, LinkedIn anyone, send them a cold message. They reply. Great. They usually do. If they don't, I, I don't take it personally. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. And you and I talked about this before we hopped on today. I think a lot of people are very gun shy about just reaching out because they're, they're like, oh, they're never going to get back to me or they're going to say no, or this person doesn't want to help or they're so busy. And I think that so many people in a position to help someone like you, someone like me is willing to help and, and wants to help and, and is, and will make time in their day to be a resource for people who are getting started and who seek help in a specific way. I actually, I, funny enough, I, I had my own situation with that yesterday. I had been dragging my feet about reaching out to a, a woman VC that I know, and I was going to connect her with someone else that I knew, and I wanted her on the podcast. And I don't know why I, I was dragging my feet. I, I I know this person, and I've I've even had conversations with her. And I reached out, and she wrote back immediately and was like, "Yes to all of the above." And I just, you know, it was a good like kick in my gut to your point that like you just have to reach out. And yeah, I, I think it's actually a problem that women sometimes have in networking. I think men feel very comfortable, like asking, asking for a favor, reaching out, Hey, you know, can you help me on this? And I think women tend to, um, hold back. I don't want to impose. Um, I don't want to be too, you know, assertive. Even for me, every time I reach out, I feel like I need to offer something in return. So I'll talk to you and I'll say, you know, obviously you are. kind of helping you're helping me and featuring me and interviewing me but I'll say okay I need to give something back what can I what advice what tips can I give and I think women tend to do that so every time they reach out or connect with someone 
they feel like they also have to give something but they don't and I think it's important to point that out because someone will give to you and you eventually will give to someone else and and that's just how it goes it doesn't have to be giving back but it's just paying it forward and I think that that's what makes female entrepreneurship so amazing is that there are just so many people willing to pay it forward and to help in any way possible. And they don't expect anything. Like I don't expect anything in return. And I don't think you do either. Right. Definitely. But I think there's just a mentality of feeling like we need to do something. hundred you know? percent. Um, yeah, I take every, like my team actually laughs because every single email that comes in, every LinkedIn message, I respond and we'll meet with people. And actually I feel like no matter where people are in their stage of a new business, there's something you're going to learn. I find everything useful. I find every conversation I get some tidbit, you know, some learning that I take away from it. A hundred percent. And I do the same thing that anyone who asks me to meet or, you know, people say to me all the time, I know you're busy. And I say, it's fine. Let's like, let's meet. Like, let's, let's zoom. It's you and I live down the road from each other and we've never met in person. We've only met on zoom and it's, you know, it's very convenient. Hopefully we will meet in person soon one day, but, um, one of the things that I want to, you just mentioned your team. And I think that's important as well, because you said it uh, on the top of the conversation here that you can't do it yourself. And so who is your, who is on your team? Um, you have your advisory board, but who's on your everyday team that is helping you to launch this company? Yeah. Well, I have one other person besides myself that's full-time um, and she is amazing. The reason she's amazing is because she has a lot of experience and spirits with sales. So she's clearly my head of sales, but she's also, um, I think she also enjoys the journey of a startup. So she's willing to wear just so many hats. So it's not just sales, it's digital marketing, it's helping with the website, it's helping with events. Um, So I'm really fortunate to have someone who's kind of willing to do everything with me side by side. Um, I also have, I, my initial, um, outreach was to someone who was formerly with Patron, who he was kind enough to take my call and talk to me and work with me. And then he introduced me to someone else, another one of his colleagues, uh, former colleagues. So both of them have been, um, consulting for me and guiding me for over a year. Um, I have agencies, I have some agencies, I have some freelancers. And I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I immediately have to hire and bring mm-hmm. on an entire team and have all these employees. And I, I don't think you need to do that. At least that's been my experience. Um, you can find people, you can 1099s and have people consult for you and fill in the gaps where you need the gaps. I just found someone who's handling even operations and logistics, because it was taking up a ton of my time, but you could find someone part-time. I love it. She was a a stay-at-home mom who had left the workforce and now I'm bringing her back into the workforce. And that is, I mean, I could not be happier about that because that is exactly who I want to support. I'm so glad that you're saying this because of a couple of reasons. One, I think, you know, when someone sees, oh, it's a tequila company, they must have a whole team behind them. And the fact that you just said, no, I have one full-time employee, I think is really important to point out because 
just because you are a, a consumer packaged good with an actual product that you know you can hold and touch and feel that doesn't mean that you have a giant team. And I think it's important that you said that because to your point, you do not have to go out and hire the world when you're starting. And I also think just what you said, it is so important to fill in the gaps and bring in people part-time. And right now, especially, there are so many people who have left corporate America, who have left the workforce, who want that part-time, who want that flexible, and they're happy to do it. And oftentimes you can get more for your money by bringing in someone like that, who's going to be dedicated even, you know, 10, 15 hours a week versus an employee. So I love that you said that. And I love that you're supporting a, a working mom who wants to get back into the workforce, because as you know, and as I know, moms can do anything. Totally. And, and they, and do they do often everything. feel like they can't, you know, when, when there's a gap in the resume, I feel like it makes it even harder. So if you think about how hard it is for a female startup and how hard it is to get, you know, funding and get taken seriously out there. And you think of someone who is making a huge transition and has a gap in the resume and coming back into the workforce. I mean, that's even more difficult. Um, I feel like a lot of women don't really value or see, you know, value in kind of all the skills they acquire before they were home and all the skills you acquire at home. I mean, talk about efficiency, multitasking, flexibility, all things that are really relevant to running a business that, you know, parents understand. Yes. So I want to ask you something that I know a lot of people are thinking and they're wondering, and you just said it, funding. I mean, this is, you have a product, you have a product that actually, like I said, you touch and you hold and you feel, and with that comes costs. So how is this venture funded? Was this something that you self-funded? Did you go out and ask people to join in? How did you, how did you get this going? So uh, I self-funded and we are just bootstrapping it. So I'm watching every dollar. I'm very careful <laughs> every dollar. And, and I'm frankly, a lot of people don't have, I, I'm, I'm well aware that I'm very fortunate that I can do that because it is a product-based um, company and many people can't do that. But there are a lot of resources out there if if you need them. And I would say starting even with like a small business loan. Um, interestingly enough, like I just met with the first woman's bank yesterday in Chicago, which is, I mean, such an, I mean, what an incredible um, concept. And so to see that there are a, a number of resources for women to get started, but, and I think part of the reason I'm also self-funding and I haven't gone to even a friend's, you know, family round yet, I, I would just like proof of concept first. So that's just me. I'm fairly usually, you know, risk averse, especially with someone else's money. I, I just feel an obligation and sense of responsibility, even though people know when they invest in a startup, you know, it's at risk. I personally would like to show proof of concept and grow it first before I have other people join. So I want to get to your proof of concept in a second, but before I do, do you think eventually you will go out and do a round of funding as you grow? Is that something that is on the horizon for you? Yes. And I'm deciding um, what that's going to look like, but I would say probably initially something more like an angel round, friends and family. Um, I, I also think there's, you know, maybe even, you know, a small business loan. Um, why not everything has to be done with equity. 
I think that's another thing that a lot of women and, and just in general entrepreneurs think starting out, oh, I need to immediately go and get, you know, VC money or how am I going to get ready for that? And that's like the ultimate is getting that. Well, you're also giving up a, a ton of control, a ton of equity. I have a vision. I really want to see my vision come to fruition. Um, so I think people don't necessarily look at all the different options and ways you can fund that maybe don't involve going that route. I'm so glad you said that. I, I really am so glad you said that because when I, I very vividly remember when I was probably like three years into Bump Club, I had some entrepreneur friends in like my networking circle who were very much pressuring me to go out and raise money. And these were product-based companies and product-based founders. And I didn't have a physical product. You know, I didn't have overhead like they did. And there was a minute where I was like, I, I wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I want to go out and raise money. But to your point, then I would have been relinquishing control and vision and equity. And what, and I did end up selling it without having ever taken a dollar or a dime from anyone else. And I'm so glad that that was the option that I chose to your point, because you need to really weigh the opportunity and what it means for you as a founder yeah. and what it means for you in an exit. Totally. And sometimes people think like, oh my gosh, and the more you raise, like the better, but I would also just, you know, when I do raise, it'll be like, really focus on what we need and because there's no reason to go above and beyond, um, you know, what kind of is required and necessary to run the business. So I want to talk about your proof of concept and I want to talk about the product. And I, I, the first thing I want you to share is what did it feel like when you got that first bottle of Inspiro tequila in your hands? I mean, what, like, what was that moment? Uh, it was, it was, that was very exciting. I'd say um, the, the most exciting was when I went down to Mexico in May and I did our tasting so that I got to see the final options. Like Anna Maria did a formal tasting, presented us with four different profiles after just months and months of going back and forth and discussing it. So that really, that was like a surreal moment. I was in Mexico tasting our own tequila with the legendary master distiller. So I feel like that was the really kind of defining moment for me of seeing it. This is, this is real. This is here. <laughs> this came to like <laughs> everything else has just been like on zoom. <laughs> like this is real life. Um, and then obviously getting my, getting my bottles. Um, it was really exciting to see it actually bottled and put together. Um, you know, the whole thing done because I had seen the bottles ahead of time. I tasted tequila, but I hadn't seen everything um, put together. And I honestly, I don't know that it would ever get old. Every time I see someone do a review or taste it, or we get a piece of press, it's really, really exciting. And I, I hope it always stays that way. I mean, seeing something that you create, you know, out there, it's, it's, really, you know, exciting. So now it's out there. It's in the world. People can buy it. What is, what has that process been? Where can people buy it? And how are you getting the word out to, to let people know that you have this amazing product? So right now, um, it's offered on our website, which is inspirotequila.com. 
We also are offered on a couple different marketplaces that curate tequilas, like Sip Tequila and um, Old Town Tequila. We are only on e-commerce right now because it's alcohol and the three-tier distribution system is in place, which means I can't sell directly to a retailer. I have to have a distributor in every state we want to enter. So hopefully we will get that all set up in for 2022 because we launched right at near the end of the year when everything is absolutely crazy for retailers and distributors. So our plan is to be in retail in 2022. And initially, um, you know, the Chicago market and Illinois, since that's my right. home, um, that's where we're going to really, really focus. I'd say the way we're getting the word out is a huge kind of digital push. Um, because we're not in retailers, we're not there doing tastings or anything like that on the weekend. But I do think that our consumer, you know, I think she finds things because she tried it at a friend's house or an event or someone brought it to her as a gift or someone that she's following on social media, um, is trying a product. So I think it's a little more of a grassroots effort anyways. I think there's two parts of it. I think there's the digital and building brand awareness that way. And I think the grassroots of just really um, getting women to try it by going to events. I have an event tonight in the city that we're bringing tequila and preparing cocktails, um, which is usually me actually preparing the cocktail. <laughs> but but it, um, I love, I, it's important for you to say that because you have to start somewhere, you know, and not at, to your point, like you are bootstrapping and most founders do bootstrap in the beginning and that's okay. And you should, and you're figuring it out. I also think it's great that you're the one pouring the cocktails because you're the one talking to the people, yeah. right? Like you're so, there, you're getting their feedback. Yeah. Erica and my team, who I mentioned before, and, and, and I are always the one actual ones, you know, get, handing out the drinks, pouring it. I, I also, I want to be that person because I love seeing people's reaction. I want to know what they think. Um, what do, what have people said to you thus far and, and what is the reaction and, and what is, what are people saying? We've had, we've really had, um, it's people have been very receptive. So one, everyone loves the bottle. It's a very unique bottle design. Um, it's also easy to hold and pour because how we designed it. So people absolutely love the bottle. Um, that was the first thing. And it was really important that, that the liquid inside is as good as the bottle and that's the feedback we're getting also. Um, it is really easy to drink. Uh, some people may say a little too easy to drink. It is very easy to drink tequila. We actually just got selected to be in a tasting panel. Um, tequila Matchmaker in Mexico put together a blind tasting panel for 36 tasters. Um, and they selected four kind of new brands of promise that they like, Blanco tequila, and, and put them against two um, large brands. and we did really well and we beat out the, the big brands that everybody knows. And, and that's amazing. Drinks. So it was really exciting. So we've had a really great feedback, um, and reviews. I did the first event I did was I did, um, LA tequila and LA, and I probably handed out 500 samples that day and people were coming back to the booth. I mean, people really liked it. I think that your story is amazing for so many reasons. And I love, I love, 
I love how you're supporting women. I love how you've brought women into every aspect of this business. And I love how you've re-entered the workforce and made a pivot later in life because I think a lot of people don't think that they think they can't do that. And you have thus proven not only can you enter the workforce, but you can start something and start something totally different than, you know, what you were doing before. And I would love for you to touch upon that shift and that change and how, what that's meant to you, both as a woman, as a mom, as a founder. I mean, these are, this is a really big thing that you've accomplished. Thank you. Um, and it is, you know, I actually think the biggest shift for me was being home. So I was someone on a really fast track, like moving, moving, moving. And I never even stopped to think of an alternative that maybe I would do something else. Or, you know, when I was on the partner track at a law firm, I mean, it was just pedal to the metal, like grinding it out. Then I went to a Fortune 100 company and did corporate strategy. And it was just a complete focus on career. Um, So I don't think I ever expected or anybody around me ever expected that I actually would make this like huge shift and stay home. Um, you know, it happened because I ended up on emergency bed rest. I mean, it was circumstantial. <laughs> circumstantial. But then I decided because I'm so um, kind of focused and intense in what I do, I didn't see how I could do both of those at the same time and do either of them very well. So I decided, okay, I'm going to really focus on, you know, my family and being CEO of my house. I, again, acknowledge that that is a really fortunate position to be in. And many, many women do not have that as an option. But because I did, I took advantage of that. Um, But I think also lots of women don't realize that you are managing and, and when you're handling a family and handling everything in household, it's not like you, lo- you lost all the skills that you've had before. You know, I'm still a lawyer. I'm actually still, you know, someone who does a lot of my own contracts, right? Even though I've been practicing law in a long time. Um, so I think women tend to think, okay, well, now I've been home. So everything I did pre-raising a family, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. And I don't think that's true. And I think you actually hone new skills. You didn't lose the skills you had before. And I mean, talk about flexibility. I was very regimented, scheduled. You can't do that as much with children because every single day something comes up that blows up the day, right? So I had to learn incredible flexibility. That applies as a business owner very often. There's always something that is coming up, some obstacle, and I'm coming up with plan B and then plan C and maybe plan D. Well, I think that's something I learned it, being home. I think that's something I learned and having to make a children. quick shift. <laughs> yeah. It, nothing is ever just stable and status quo being with your kids. That's totally. For sure. I mean, efficiency. I had twins, I had preemie twins. I mean, how fast I could get things done and like people like, you know, see two babies at the same time. And it was just, it was nonstop because with preemies, they literally have to wake them up to eat every few. I mean, it was just nonstop. So efficiency, yes, I can multitask and I'm super efficient. And that is very useful when you are wearing a lot of hats 
and starting your own company. So I, I just think um, that often people don't give themselves enough credit of kind of, I think there's a lot, a lot of untapped potential and skill out there, which is why I'm so glad anytime I can bring someone on my team that, you know, is transitioning and maybe been out of the workforce, even the person I just brought on for operations. And, you know, I said, I don't, I don't care when you get it done. You can get it done during when your kids are at school. She's got three little kids. It doesn't matter to me. As long as just do it. this list is done, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if you're doing it at 11 PM or 6 AM before they wake up or whenever, you know? Um, so I really, I really hope that somehow I can relay that message and inspire other women that it is not too late. If you want to change, maybe you did were in the corporate world and you want to pivot or you want to start something new that, you know, you can, you're still capable and can learn everything you need to know um, and, and, and go for it. So you said something, I, I want to be mindful of our time and, and I want to ask you one more question, but you, you said something a few times now, since we've been on, you've, you've referenced something that I always say about founders. And that's that as an entrepreneur and as a founder, you wear so many different hats. And I don't think that there could be a more true statement than that. And so I would love for you to kind of take that one step further. And as we wrap up, share with our audience three different tips that they can take away from your experience and from you as to how you can get something off the ground and how you can get something started and how you can take that leap. Like, What are three things that you would tell someone who was in your shoes two years ago? Yeah. Well, first, as I said, doing, you know, you just have to put in the hard work and do the research and just learn as much as you can. Educate yourself as much as you can about whatever area it is you want to enter. Um, two, at some point, I'm, I'm trying to really live by the Sarah Blakely quote. If someone can do it 80% as well as you can, let them do it. So it is really impossible to manage everything. I mean, I'm filling boxes. I'm applying for my barcodes on my own. I'm working on the bottle design with the designer. I mean, you know, I'm editing captions that are going up. I mean, there's just, it's, it's too much. So at some point it's kind of the, you know, law of diminishing returns and finding the things that you really enjoy and like, and then other people can handle things. And that's why I said, even if it's on a part-time basis or a consultant or an intern, hand some of that off. I just think it's really important because I think um, the the burnout is is true and that you can burn out really quickly if you're going at that pace and trying to do everything on your own. So that's kind of my second thing. And the third is really you have to have a community and you have to have support. It's it's lonely being a solo entrepreneur. It's a it's a lonely endeavor. And I think it's really important to have people that you can talk to, that you could bounce ideas off of and finding that community. I mean, I enter mentoring groups in certain organizations and I love it because I get to talk to other founders. I mean, every time there's an opportunity to do any of those, I I take those opportunities. Um, I feel like I can learn from so many other people, but you just need someone to, you know, bounce ideas off of. And things like that. So having my advisory board, having these communities of women, um, reaching out to, you know, talking to people like you clearly who have done it already and, you know, 
started something and brought it to fruition is, is really helpful. And I just think you have to have, you have to have those people to go to. Mara Smith of Inspiro Tequila. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge and wisdom. And, you know, I, I want to reiterate that you are a young brand and you are just starting out and you have already accomplished so much. I cannot wait to see where this goes. And I'm sure we are going to be having you back on in a year, two years, and you are going to have national distribution of this tequila across the country. I know it. I can already tell from your tenacity and everything that you've done so far. So thank you so much for shedding light on the, the process and how you got this started, because I know that our audience and those listening can really benefit from hearing your story. So um, we are going to link Inspiro Tequila in the show notes so that they know where to find it and where to find you and where to buy it because everyone needs to try it. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. This career trajectory and her career path is so incredibly impressive. And I give her such kudos for coming back after such a long hiatus at home with her kids and knowing that she could do this. And I will tell you, she is doing this. I hope that you enjoyed meeting her as much as I enjoyed talking to her. And I hope that you take out your pen and paper because she has some amazing takeaways for all of us. Here they are. Number one, learn about the industry you want to go into. Read the books, know the players, take an online course in the industry and get certified in any way you can. Number two, reach out to people and get as much guidance as you can. Number three, when you have no background in certain areas of business, you need to learn how to do it. Sign up for courses. There are so many resources available to get up to speed pretty quickly. For Mara, this was marketing and I will tell you right now, she has become a master in that craft. Number four, You can't get around putting in the time and the effort. Number five, you can do all the research you want, but you can't do this alone in terms of launching a business. You need to find communities. There are amazing communities of impressive, powerful women who want to collaborate and offer guidance. Connect with amazing communities. Number six, you do not need to hire an entire team when you're first starting. Have people consult, offer 1099s, find people part-time. You can find people to fill in the gaps for you. Number seven, it is absolutely okay to re-enter the workforce even after you've stayed home for years. Women tend to think that you're that not that once they're at home, if they've left the workforce, that the skills that they had before having babies are now obsolete or they forgot them, but you didn't. And when you are home, you learn a whole new set of skills to apply to business later in life, and you will see once you go back, you are so much more well-rounded and ready to take on anything. Number eight. You have to put in the hard work and do the research and learn as much as you can. Number nine, it is really impossible to manage everything. Find the things that you enjoy and like and other people can handle the rest. You can find them and you can hand them some of those duties so that you do not burn out because the burnout is true. Number 10, you have to have a community and you have to have support. It's lonely being a solo entrepreneur and it's important to have people that you can talk to and bounce ideas off of. Thank you so much, Mara Smith, founder of Inspiro Tequila, for being here today. And I cannot thank you all enough for being here and for joining us in our conversation on today's episode of Dear Founder. Please make sure you're following at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. You can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com for more. 
We have some amazing, amazing, amazing guests coming up. It's May and we are still celebrating moms every chance we get. So please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Mara or or who has a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, text them in the episode um, and post it on your Instagram. Make sure you tag me. I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.